Well, good evening, everybody. It's a perfect day here for the Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right. I'm your host, Jimmy Palumbo, alongside my broadcast buddy for so many years, your friend and mine behind the glass, Mr. Chris Gucci. Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Um, still licking my wounds. It's been a rough, a rough month of October. Glad to put it behind me. Yes. Didn't experience yes. a win at all. As many of you know, Chris Gucci has been a pack is a Packers fan. His whole family's a Packers fan. And the Packers have been very, very good for about 15 years. And he's finally experiencing what actually is just really normal NFL fanship when your team uh stinks. And that sucks to be that way, but they're not out of it yet. Although I I don't see anything happening there, but you could be a fan. I'm sure we're gonna talk about that later. And I want you to be not a fan, but critical uh of them. But uh, the Giants, yeah, well, we're going to get to that in a second, too. But this is show number 86, Christopher. And, you know, listen, everybody knows that 86 to the Giants means Johnny Perkins. Okay, three guys just drove off the road. Or it could mean Lionel Manuel, starting wide receiver for the Giants for many years. And also, and I don't know if you know this guy or you remember, but I learned something while doing my research. Ex-Jet coach. Rich Kotite. Remember him? I do. He played You're for the Giants. He no played way. for the Giants at tight end. Did you how can I have not Rich Kotite gets bashed every day on WFAN? Well, he's a he was a he was a bad head coach. Right. But how could I not know he was a tight end for the Giants? I have to call my uncle later on. I, I in like 68, 69, something like that. His number was 86. You got Heinz Ward, you got James Lofton. But listen. I have to go with Captain Obvious here. The one of the greatest football teams of all time, the 1986 football giants. Um, listen, this was just a great team in so many ways. Um, you know, uh, Hall of Fame coach, head coach, Hall of Fame, about to be a Hall of Fame coach, Belichick at defensive coordinator. Uh, I guess three, two or three Hall of Famers on the roster as well. They were 14 and two. Uh, they went to the playoffs. They smoked the 49ers with Joe Montana. You know, they beat um, the Redskins 17-0, you know, and they beat the Broncos uh, 39-20 in the bowl. You know, they gave up 23 points in the playoffs. That's pretty good defense. Um, they had great linebackers. Any, anytime you talk about linebackers as a, as a team, a group, the Giants' 86 linebackers are always in that discussion. LT, Carl Banks, Harry Carson, and Gary Reasons. Also, Pepper Johnson was a rookie. Um, you completely got to throw that in. Um, let me just check one button here, see if I'm getting any. Uh, ah, there you go. Um, but uh, also, there's a couple of crazy things about 86. Maybe you didn't realize. Um, number one, uh, I was at the opening day um, at, uh, at in Dallas. We flew there. We decided, for some reason, my brother thought it was a good idea to go to Dallas. And it was Herschel Walker's first game as a Dallas Cowboy. And Herschel Walker is the only reason why the Cowboys were good in the 90s because they Dallas traded him and they got like 79 picks for one player. Matter of fact, I think to this day, teams don't even do that anymore. And, and of course, Herschel Walker beat us with a big run. It was so depressing flying out there all excited. Um, but a, a couple things about being at that game um, – the county where the stadium used to be, I guess it was Irving, uh, was dry. So we were looking to get beer. And the guy goes, yeah, go to the beer barn. You just got to go down, like, you know, four lights, make a right. And we, we didn't know. We, we County lines. We don't do that shit in New Jersey. So we drive. We go to the light. We make a right. And we drive down. And we're in, like, these woods. It's like nothing. And all of a sudden, there's a huge barn. And there was beer in it. Like, this wasn't, like, like the name of the business wasn't the beer barn on Route 22. This was, like there was barn in a beer. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so it was a, basically there. like a drive through. No, you, you, yeah. Kind of. You pulled in and some like hick looking guys like, what do you need? And it was just beer all over the place. And uh, I was like, ah, give me, we got like a case of bud cans. I think we were, we were kind of like scared a little bit. Like let's just get beer and get out of here. Uh, so that was crazy. We went in, we had our giant jerseys on. The fans were very nice though. Dallas fans. See the real cowboy fans actually live there. They're just normal fans like Philly fans and Redskin fans. They're not like the asshole Jersey fans. Uh, they're just regular, like they're there and 
they're Dallas Cowboy fans. And this was 1986, so it wasn't like it is now where fans travel and all that stuff. Uh, but another thing about the 86 Giants, I, I really forgot about this. The whole Gatorade shower thing, like I forgot. We, I'm not saying we invented it. I'm sure it was done, but the Giants put that on the mat. And just about every team still does it now. And I always, I, whenever I see it on TV, I don't think like, oh, the Giants did that. Like, you know what I mean? It's really odd to me. Um, and they also had, to me, you had, uh, besides Lawrence Taylor was MVP and he was the best player in the league. Um, offense or defense, he was the best. I still think he's the best football player of all time. Crazy talk. That's another argument. He just, he just he's not. He's just, just crazy. Do, total domination. So you're, total you have domination. to eliminate all quarterbacks. Like, 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 like you're eliminating like, quarterbacks. Oh, right? oh, it's not even close. Well, if, if you eliminate you quarterbacks, to... then you can make a conversation about it. But you're yeah. not telling me that anybody is better I'm than the best quarterbacks. You have to. You. No, listen. You have to prep just as hard for Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers you do for one person Rodgers and brady didn't change the position I'm, I'm not going to sit here and have i'm not going to sit here and have this Please. debate changing the it's position a great argument necessarily it's really not though it's a quarterback driven league it, it always has I think been no linebackers Listen. get based on Super Bowl uh, wins. It's only quarterbacks do. It's a quarterback. I think without, league. without you, Lawrence, you can't Ta tell me that that Lawrence Taylor is a better football player than Tom Brady or or these guys. It's just not. I, no, I just think Lawrence Taylor is the greatest football player of all time. The Giants would have went six and ten without him every year. Anyway, also it was a little running back who lives in my complex that no one talks about, and this is something you could probably chime in on in terms of other players. Joe Morris was their running back. Now, little Joe. I don't recall a player, I guess a running back, maybe even, I don't know. Like when, when you look at the great time, like Joe Morris is not on anybody's list, obviously, but in the giant scheme, he was a major cog. I mean, like they, they ran, by the way, they didn't pass 40 times a game. Like they do now 50 times a game. He was like the, the little train that could, he, he ran low, he ran hard. He had like two or three really good years, you know, statistically, but he was such a key uh, – I'm trying to think of another player that was like that for other teams where, like, you almost forget about How about, about, how about like, a Dave Meggett for the Giants? It's, like, a good Yeah, same thing. Meggett, Meggett was like that for sure, and he's, of course, is a Or, like – or you could, even, you could even kind of say, like, Tiki Barber, but maybe not as good or didn't have the longevity that Tiki did. But that similar type where he wasn't really the guy that was getting the ball. They had Otis Anderson, right? Yeah, no, that this was 86. Was Anderson was on the team, but he didn't play because uh, as much because Joe Morris was there. Um, but he was a little Joe man and he just ran hard for the Giants. Giants had bad receivers like they do now, which is I will get to the Giants in a little bit. Phil Sims probably had his best year. Uh, I, I loved Phil Sims, he was my guy. I never, I, people want him in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he was a Hall of Fame quarterback because of injuries. I think if he didn't get injured in two or three seasons, um, I think Sims would have had really good numbers for a while for that era, but Hall of Fame, I don't see it. He just was a very good quarterback in the league, and there's there's a lot of those kind of guys. Um, so uh, yeah, eighty. I got to go with the '86 Giants. I mean, the receivers stunk like they do now, which is killing Daniel Jones. He'd be in the top sixteen quarterbacks. He's throwing to Dave and you and me. He's got no one to throw to. Uh, they had Bobby Johnson and Lionel Manuel, which you probably have never heard of those guys. Uh, and, but the 86 Giants were good, man. And the best thing about the 86 Giants, they got smoked in the playoffs by a very good Bears team in 85. And and Lawrence Taylor was big on, on saying he realized how intense the Bears were, and they needed to be that intense. And they were the following year. Then the next year, there was the strike, and everything else screwed them up. But I got my 86 show, the 86 world champion Super Bowl champs, the New York football Giants. And obviously, you know, mine, mine is a pretty obvious one on this on this go around. It's Antonio Freeman, number 86, receiver for the Packers. I met him a couple yep. times. I've gone to Green Bay, and every year that I go, I, I haven't gone in a while, but every year that I've gone, I would do this tailgate party where there would be several players of the past just kind of hanging out. And there's a story. I'm sitting there. I'm looking left. It's Gilbert Brown. I look right. It's Antonio Freeman. And then I was, like, in the – in the comic book store across the street, like 20 minutes before that. And I saw the sports illustrated with him catching a touchdown in the NFC championship. So I was like, I'm going to be right back. 
I ran across the street and I got, I bought it, came over Wait, and had it signed. It? It's actually, ah. it's actually sitting in the office over there right I've now. I've seen so, that. Yeah. I have seen, I didn't realize you, I thought you just got it signed. I didn't realize. Antonio yeah. Freeman, very good player for sure. It's all right. We got the 86 Giants. You had and that one we, catch on Monday night um, where Al Michaels has like one of his most famous calls of all time where he's like, he did what? I know you remember. Right, it was right. like I off his that. back. Yep. 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 It was a little bit like, uh, what's his name? Um, Who's the guy in the Giants who caught the uh, ball off his face and all that? I can't even think of his oh, name now. David Tyree. David Tyree. Um, all right. So, you know, Antonio Freeman and the 86 Giants for here's show number 86. We can now uh, Patreon. Um, I have an interesting Patreon situation, Christopher. We're stuck at 14. However, I'm going to be accused of someone of, of buying love here. My good friend, Mike Lawler, otherwise known as Shecky, one of Artie's uh, old best friends, came to my stand-up show, and he's a huge Dolphin fan. And last week's Stinks List just really stuck in the craw. And he came to my comedy show, and he was like, Jimmy, like, you're Stinks List. He was, like, angry. He's like, you got to put the Dolphins higher. I'm like, I think they stink. They beat the Lions. by The Lions stink. They beat the Lions by four. I didn't realize the Dolphins, the dolphins don't stink. Right. So I had him at stink. Uh, and he said to me, I can't give you Patreon money if you, you don't put my Dolphins higher. So I thought about this. I was like, wait a minute. Can Jimmy Palumbo of the Jimmy Palumbo show? That's right. Be bought for Patreon. And the answer is yes. And then that answer is maybe. And then uh, I realized that I looked it over. I did my research. Um, Because extensive research goes into the stinks list. Um, And I realized that I now, um, in a minute, you'll see whether or not Jimmy Plumble can be bought. But until then, we are in, you know, uh, listen, we're in, we still have 14 Patreons. We're stuck on it. So we're in Pat Kelly, Hideki, Arabu territory still coming off of Lupinella. I'm going to run out of 14. uh, Luis Soho is number 14. That's like the Yankee. It's a uh, a famous number for the Yankee super so, sub. Like famous, yeah, right. This, this, the guy who comes in. But we got Alex Stetsena, my sister, Mary Eileen McCarty, big Mike DeMosi, my mom, my cousin, Joey Palumbo, Capasig, Robert Pastor, James Kanowitz, my website, website guy who also came to see my show, my nephews, Jimmy Riccardi, John Henry Riccardi, Eric Palumbo from Austin, Texas, my second second baseman and cornhole level dot com. Michael Caprio, my brother Frankie, who is getting involved in a in a Lawrence Taylor way with my Patreon, and also my Louisiana uh, guy Daryl Clark, and my latest one, which is now going on like three weeks, Mister Greg Casalino, Colonia High School graduate. So I'm stuck at Lupinella and Hideki Arabu and Pat Kelly fourteen, uh, and we'll find out when I do my stinks list later um, whether or not I can be bought bought for an extra uh whatever whatever level he chooses um so all right now you know what time it is it's um it's really time for first of all i gotta say please go on your the instagram the tiktok i need people to sign up for all that i gotta prove to myself that uh you know what we're doing here is good um so all sign up for all that look for me uh, official jimmy palumbo click you guys know what to do over there um that would be helpful. Thank you very little. And this next thing is sponsored by Absolute Airwear. It is the Weight Summit. The Weight Summit. I had to think of a different word. Um, because it's sponsored by Absolute Eyewear. That's right. My oldest and veteran advertiser, Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937. Craig and Johnine, they're opticians. They're awesome people. Go in there. They got everything. They got full service. Uh, they got prescription eyewear, prescription sunglasses. They got, uh, you do glasses for the kids. Chris, they got eye exams. Everything's done on site. They got contacts. You get $100 off a complete pair when you mention the Jimmy Palumbo show. And uh, they'll take care of you. It's got to be a complete pair, but they'll take care of you. They're open five days a week. Now, Chris, why do you think they're closed, especially this year on Sunday? Well, that's Giants football, obviously. That's right. And and why are they uh, traditionally closed on Wednesdays? That, that would be softball days. 
Ah, yes. So that's why they closed. They shut down the doors just to play softball with Johnny Trino. Um, And listen, they got all kinds of things. They got uh, Ray-Ban coach Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, Maui Jim, Costa Del Mar. And ladies and gentlemen, they have Oakley's personal glasses. No, they have Oakley glasses. Go check it out. Absolute Eyewear is sponsoring my weight summit. Now, listen, you've been hard on me, Chris, especially when I, I now I'm trolling your show, as you call it, because I make funny comments in the comment section when your team sucks. Well, wait, uh, who's, okay. who's, uh, that weren't funny though. That was the point. You're trolling. Oh, I know what you're that, trying to that. do. What you're trying to do is you're trying to get a rise out of me and borderline I, successful at that. But it's also it's a more of a piling on thing where it's like there's eight or nine people all at once. I love it. I, I I count. You're on my show. I count a little bit more. I know I'm the aging liaison. I am I, I am falling into the depths. I am like I, I'm I'm just another fellow around there now with. Father Paul bringing in downloads out to Wazoo. Um, he's by Father, far. He's by Father, far your best. He's by far your best podcast. But he's uh, not. He's not. Uh, he's look, not on the just network. To be clear. He's not on the network. Father Paul is just. He is a client. Uh, yeah, he's a client, which is that's. I don't know why you wouldn't want those downloads. But uh, yes, so you've been busting my balls, and well, it had, you know well, that's another conversation, but yeah, that's it's very new. We'll see how it goes. Um, listen. I came in last week at 198. Excuse me. Mm. It's okay. God bless you. I came in at 198. And um, I came in this week at 197.5. Now, listen, I have been hovering in this area. So I'm at my weight was less. Um, exercising more. Uh, I have an appointment with ShopRite today to buy more healthy food. I've been eating better. And, uh, but you know, what kills me some of the late nights I'm home. I watch television. It just, it just, it just, I'm like a cockroach. If there's something in front of me, I eat it. So, but I lost a half a pound. So hopefully by, you know, end of the year, we'll have a little weight loss, tough, tough, tough schedule coming up with the holidays, but you know what? It's doable. I think that's an old school thing. All oh, the holidays you eat a lot. There's a, I, eat, I, I, I listen, I'm a fat bastard all year. Look, I don't look, need the you, holidays. You, I, I do not want to hear you in about a month. Talk about, Oh, it's the holidays. You know, it was a rough. I, I will never use that this. as an excuse. I won't uh, use that as an excuse. Bro, you use you. I've heard of, I'm, I'm running out of excuses, excuses that are, that are borderline, I, not actual excuses. <laughs> it's really just bad choices. And well, it's like you, wait, Okay, yes, I've Look, been making bad choices, but you got to give me, is there any credit for not, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not, for I'm not losing my like, like, all right, we'll put it like this. You know how like some boxers, their claim to fame is that they could take a punch, but like then when you watch them fight, all they do is take punches. That's, that's kind of I'm where doing. you're at right now. You're just, right. you're in the fight. You, you have a punch's a lot of, chance. I'm not losing, I'm not losing any rounds. 10-8 is really yeah, what you're saying. With each passing day, I mean, there might be a 10-8 or two sprinkled in there. It depends on the weekend. I but. don't think, uh, that's true, that's true. But I always come back Sunday night, Monday, and get, get geared. So I lost a half a pound. That's the way it goes. Um, I know this bit's getting old, but I like busting my ball. And you know what? It's keeping me, I'm pissed I haven't lost weight. So, um, well, I'll say that I, it probably has keeping you, it has kept you around the 198 mark, 197. I think you yeah, haven't, I cro think, you haven't crossed back into 200 range. And I, no. I tell you, and if I you thought do, then this well, last over. week, last week, I thought, um, when I stepped on the scale, I was like, oh, this could be it. <laughs> and I was, I, I hovered, but anyway, that's it. Now, let's get to a couple of things. All right, a little sports stuff. This is the section where I talk a little bit about sports. My Rutgers mix Scarlet McKnights. Um, yeah, that game was rough. Um, it was rough in many ways. You know, I, I'm, I've been a Rutgers fan since the fall of 83. And I actually did for this segment. My record as a Rutgers fan is 186, 268, and five ties. Can you believe one year Rutgers had two ties and that was to start the season? I have to be honest. I think that's better than I thought it would be. No, well, hang on. I'm not done with the stats on this. But do you ever recall a team starting out 0-0-2 in football? Mm, no. That's crazy, right? Of course, Rutgers. They've had 20, 40 years I've been uh, following them. They've had 12 winning seasons. Okay. They've had one zero, goose egg, zero wins. Um 
They've had three one-win seasons and six two-win seasons, but they have had three nine-win seasons. Um, it seemed, That seems high to me. But, yes, I have been watching this team. We just lose so much. But I went there. I'm a fan. And I'll never go away. Um, this game hurt in many ways because, number one, um, I don't think Minnesota's all good. They're better than us. And they had the bye. And, you know, some teams do well after the bye. Some teams don't. This team came out after the bye, and they were, they were you know, he, he used to coach with Chiano. This guy, he had them so prepared. They, they, Rutgers couldn't do anything offensively. But the thing that was most frustrating is we were down 14 nothing, right? But, like, it was 14 nothing. It was 14 nothing. It was 14 nothing. It was 14 nothing. And you know, Chris, as a fan, even when you're getting bitch slapped and you're only up 14 nothing, you know what starts to happen? The fourth quarter started, you start and it was still 14 nothing. Well, you start thinking, hey, even when, no, when you're up 14 nothing, you say, hey, they come down the field and score. 14-7 with 10 minutes to go, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit. But there is those games where you're watching and it's 14 nothing, and you're like, this game might as well be 46 nothing. That's how it was. However, we had a couple of drop passes on some drives that maybe could have led some, but we just got completely annihilated. So was Rutgers uh, and, practicing getting shut out for uh, for next week's game? <laughs> where, well, where they I, told I, do listen, his thing? Uh, but before we get to next week, there's a couple of things. The quarterback situation. So they put the kid Wimsat in. And he's, he plays the whole game. Um, last week, they put Vedral in. He plays. I guess Wimsat wasn't ready. Rutgers got a little screwed up here, and, and here's why. Now, to start the season, their quarterbacks, QB1 was Vedral, QB2 was Simon, and QB3 was Wimsat. Vedral got hurt, and Wimsat couldn't beat out Simon for the job, really, is what happened. Um, and then as Vedral started to come back, Vedral went back to his QB1, but his hand is so hurting, and he probably knows the playbook. Well, he can't really throw. And so what do they do? They finally put Wimsat in. Now, Wimsat was hurt for five weeks. Whether he, you know, he finally, you know, a channel I don't think messes around. You're either how you do in practice, how you move up. The kid gets in the game. But what was frustrating, the first three weeks of the season, he was healthy. And because he didn't get all the snaps – and here it is week uh, eight. And now, like, there's communication things, the snap, you know, how they go hut-hut was off. There was some jumping off sides. And supposedly the reporter said that Wimsat went to the offensive lineman and said, hang in there, I'm a different cadence. I'm thinking, like, this should have been this should have been done week two and three instead of now. They went with that rotating thing. And then, sadly, I don't think uh, he looks the part. He's big. He's strong. He's got a rocket or like he's got one, he's got like an NFL kind of arm, you know, one of those where you could throw a laser kind of deal. But to be honest with you, he didn't do anything. Uh, I don't everybody's like because he's young and everybody thinks he's a running quarterback. He doesn't run. They don't call plays for him to run. And I think Simon's faster than him. He's, he's not really a runner. And he did nothing. Play calling and the Minnesota defense shut down every option that we had. It was horrible. Um, I wish the kid well. I hope, you know, he's got to play now. He's the guy. They're going to start him this week against Michigan. Um, you know, this was the game they had to have. I think this would have put them in chance to to really just got to win one more if they had won last week. Now they play, you know, Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State, and Maryland. And maybe the Maryland, you know, Michigan, it, it, it's not there. To go two and two in that stretch would be is uh, I, I don't want to say impossible because Penn State may quit um, and Maryland quarterback gets hurt a lot but um, Michigan State's off this year but they are running into a juggernaut this week man um, they're running <laughs> uh, I don't the see Rutgers I offense think, is I, really bad and it's like and they lost their, that's you really what it to, comes down to they don't they, they lost their score. running back the kid Brown got hurt uh, you know a couple days before the game, they ruled him out for the season and he was running. Well, I think he would have made a little difference in the Minnesota game, but yeah, th th well, what a bad week. To, uh, you know, uh, this is even worse to me than playing. I mean, it's late in the season. Now Michigan's on a roll. They're really playing for the whole damn thing. They look good. They've been pounding teams. Um, I can't believe the spreads only 26. I think it should be higher. 
I'm curious if it goes up as the week goes on. This is a very bad, bad uh, thing. And I don't know, you know, I'm looking at Rutgers just loses all the time. I'm, I'm a little down on him this week. I, I won't shake this one off. Um, I don't know. I, I think they're going to be four and five, and then they got to play, you know, Michigan State. And it's, it's, it, I just think four and eight is really a strong possibility. And, um, you know, they're going to be on national TV next week, night game, 730 at the at Shy Stadium. And I think it's going to be like going to a funeral. Um, I, ho- I can only hope and pray that Michigan is looking past <laughs> to play somebody else. But even if they look past, I think they'll regroup. And th- like, I get the feeling even if Rutgers came out, they can't came score. Crazy, they can't score enough points score. early right. for them to so put Michigan I, away. Let's, let's just say, let's just say for the grace of God, Rutgers is somehow up. Oh, it's tied 10, 10 and a half, right? What are they going to do in the second half? Harbaugh's going to go in. They're going to bust each other's ball. They're going to scream and yell, and, and he'll get them all fired up. Uh, it, the talent gap is too much. They're just, I just don't – it'll be one of the biggest upsets of all time, if you ask me. Uh, and that's depressing. So we'll move on from my scroll. Nice, But a positive thing is Rutgers Hoop starts next Monday. And I like this team. I like some of the new guys they brought in. I watched the scrimmage on Sunday a little bit. They got this guy, Cam Spencer. They got some young guys. They got some guys who are going to step up. Uh, I think Rutgers will be on the bubble again for the bowl, for the uh, tournament. Um, I think different guys are going to get more shots. I think they're going to be fun to watch. Um, it's going to be like kind of how they were about four years ago. Um, tough schedule, but I think Rutgers will be uh, – I always look at the season like this, basketball. First thing you want to do is try to make the NIT. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how we look at it. And then after that, you see, with six, like with six games to go, it's always cool for a Rutgers fan if we have a, still have a shot to make the tournament. In other words, th- there'll be games with six games to go that are winnable. Say, hey guys, you know what? You want to make the tournament? You got to win this game. You know, you got to beat Indiana at home or on the road, that kind of thing. Um, so I think they're going to be fun to watch, and I'll, we're going to be doing more on Rutgers hoops later on. And I will get to my football giants, as you mentioned. Um, yeah. Well, listen, Giants are 6-2 and two now. Most Giant fans, like they like to kid around with Cowboy fans and stuff, but let's face it, the, the Giants aren't that good. But you know what? In the NFL, the NFL has been littered with teams who are not that good and they have winning records and over the years. And um, they're 6-2. and two. And, you know, they got, they got the rest of the season to go, and I think they'll be in the hunt for the wild card. It was Seattle's pretty good. It's tough to win there. It was 13-13 in the fourth quarter or so. Really wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. The fumbles hurt us. Um, you know, I think uh, Daniel Jones had some trouble because he's just got. I'm sorry, they just have no one to throw to, and I don't understand why people go like, no, no, no. I watch the whenever I watch other games, there's always a stud receiver on the other side, and we have nothing. I don't understand why they even traded Kadarius Tony because he's a long shot anyway. Why not? When you have nobody, I feel like we got rid of one of our lottery tickets. Um, and, uh, even though he's been hurt, you still were so weak in that position. I think that I'm going to, you know? I'm going to go ahead and trust, yeah, I'm going to trust the front office on this one. And I think that there was a fracture there and these guys are just not messing around and he wasn't on board with what they wanted to do. I get it. And hey, they I get moved it. on from him. It wasn't it's his a, draft. Yeah, it's a new regime there and they're not, but man, we are real. We're it, weak. And it's, our, it's, it's hard Bellinger, to argue. It's hurt. hard to argue right now with anything that the Giants front office is doing because it's been a couple of years since they've had somebody capable and let's just wait and see their approach and give them a, we a year wait. or two. I get it. I get it. Plus they picked up two picks, which I think they're going to use them maybe to move up if they need to get a QB or something. Um, but this is great. You know what we have for Giant? I mean, let's bring, let's bring everybody back here. The Giant fans, we only have, we have November football. We haven't had post Halloween football in giant land in years. So we have real, we're almost looking the way, even if we lose the next three games, four games in a row, we lose, we're six and six and we're getting close to Thanksgiving. We haven't had that. The the, the giants have stunk for so long. I'm enjoying it. I went to a party to watch the game. I haven't done that in 10 years. Uh, People are wearing jerseys again. It's all good. The jets, of course, shit the bed. Uh, Another crazy game there. Um, but listen, the Giants and Jets are, you know, five and three, were they five and three, six and two? Um, we have football back in New York for the first time. And Jets might finish five and 12 with the way that offense looked too. I mean, you know what? They're not, but, but 
but they're, they're, they're they have five wins now, and they usually don't do that. So it's fun to watch football again. Um, now let I'll, I'll let you discuss your Packers. Uh, I personally think the Packers. This is one of those years. I do not think they're going to make the playoff. They just look off from top to bottom, and nothing looks right. Um, I think it's just one of those re, you know, uh, with Rodgers, I, I, you know, I don't even whether he's going to play next year for the Packers, who the hell knows, but uh, um, they just look, it's like just not going to be their year. I don't like, they're not a team that's going to get win six in a row. I don't see that. Um, um, I think they're going to struggle. As far as the playoffs go, it's not going to be an easy thing. But when you look around the league right now, particularly in the NFC, there's some teams that are right there with the Packers that are, as of now, playoff teams, the commanders. You know, I I, I expect that Green Bay can right the ship and pass teams like that in the standings and sneak into the playoffs. You have to remember there's a seventh team now, so there's definitely going to be some, you know, maybe a sub-500 team that sneaks in in the NFC and maybe even a, a team that's 9-8. and eight. So maybe even a couple of those if you look at the way the divisions are set up. I, yeah, I'm not I, saying that that's a positive to cling to. The Packers don't look good right now. But if you're going to look at the Buffalo game as the barometer, I feel like out of the last four games, getting beat by Buffalo on the road by 10 points, that's the best look out of all of them. We lost at home to the Jets by double digits. We lost at, I mean, in London to the Giants in a game where we had in the bag and got completely dominated the second half. These were games that we were favored by over a touchdown. And then Washington, we should have beaten Washington to a backup quarterback. We looked bad in all three games. Going on the road to Buffalo, losing the game that we expected to lose. I don't think that right. the wheels are coming off yet. And I did see positives in the second half as a, as somebody who hasn't seen their team win. You just want to see them fight and play hard. At least I saw that. It's better than I could say the last four weeks. Yeah, they, they but, you know, I get it. I just, you know, to me, I look at it, to you as a fan, You've been on a, it's been a really nice run and there's always going to be a year in there where yeah, I mean, it is it's not, but I, I, not you know, fun, but it's, it's, um, what are you going to do? I, I guess I'll take my medicine as it comes and, and hopefully the Packers go on a run and I can say, ha ha, I told you, but which brings me to good. the, the fun part of the show here, which is sponsored by cornhole level.com. The Jimmy Palumbo world famous NFL stinks list. And so many of the games stink. Uh, and so I have to get a sponsor for this. Cornholelevel.com. That's right, Chris. You know what this gadget is? It's a stocking stuffer. It's a great barbecue uh, thing. You stick this gadget on your cornhole board, and it levels it up, down, to, fro. Get It's, it's like a level designed for a board on the angle and all that. Chris, because I know you would not want to be embarrassed by having a party. I mean – and having a an uneven cornhole. Yeah, like just just playing cornhole is embarrassing enough. So like right. if I'm playing it, I don't want to be not playing it the proper way. Correct. So of course, That's how cornhole I level comes into play. You know how I feel. Give me 25 minutes and I'll be ranked in cornhole. Uh, it's like pickleball, not hard game. But you got to have the proper board. And if you go to cornholelevel.com and say JP show, you get 20% off your entire order. So it's only 19.95. Get them for the stocking stuff, and they'll ship them out right away to you. It's perfect. If you're a cornhole fan, you got to get this thing. You're going to love it. Trust me, you'll email me, and you'll say, oh, my God, Jimmy, you were right. This is awesome. So cornholelevel.com, which is owned by Mike Caprio, my second second baseman, who replaced Mitch Fishman, and uh, that is that. Okay, now, the NFL, Jimmy Palumbo's NFL stinks list. That's right. Here we go. The Buffalo Bills, very good. The New York Jets dropped to average. Now, I'm going to skip the Miami Dolphins a little because that's my buddy Shecky's team. We're going to see how we're going to go here. New England Patriots stink. Baltimore Ravens average. The Bengals and Browns and Steelers stink. I don't care what anybody says. I'm right about that. They stink. Tennessee Titans average. Indianapolis Colts, Jaguars, and Texans. I'm sorry. You all stink. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs, another controversial one. I only have them as good. They didn't play last week, so I got to hold them off. I'm going to stick them at good. That's their penance for playing like shit in certain games. So it's going to be um, keeping them at good. I don't think that's going to last. I think they'll go to very good soon enough. But, of course, AFC West, everybody's favorite division. Chargers, Broncos, Raiders stink. Really stink, actually, if you ask me. Now, let's get to our NFC East, your friend and mine. Very interesting here. 
I have the Philadelphia Eagles is very good. I think they're kind of by far the best team in the league. Um, I'm going to put um, the Dallas Cowboys. I have to put them at very good. I just do. They're playing well and uh, they deserve to get it very good. I, that might, I don't know how long they're going to last. I'm putting them at their first, uh, maybe it's their second very good of the year. I had to drop my Giants. I dropped them to good. Six and two is six and two, heading into a bye. Uh, and I have the Washington Commanders as average. So funny how the NFC East looks strong right now. Who the hell knows? Now, uh, I have the Vikings, VG, very good. And the Packers, Bears, and Lions as stink, especially the Lions. I mean, it's hard to do what the Lions have been doing. The NFL is set up like the Giants have been bad for the last eight years, but not, not as bad as the Lions. So, like, it's hard. It, it, you, you get draft picks that are high. It's hard to think about it. Like, if you were on, if someone said to you, Chris, you and Jimmy have to be the GM for the Lions for a year and a half, we'd be like, oh, all right, all right. We Like, we'd show up there, we'd drive to the stadium, we'd go into the offices. All right, what do we got to do? All right, we got to get a coach. Let's get that. Let's, uh, let's get that coach. Uh, like, and I, even on draft day, we were, Chris, we're up next. Who do we got? Uh, that, that receiver's good. Take him. I would, I would do Take better him. than the Lions. I agree. 100%. I, I feel like I would do better than the Packers, too. Well, you know, it's hard. It's hard for – it's hard in the NFL to suck for that long. It's unbelievable. Um, and Detroit, that city, does not deserve that. That's gross. We'll move on. NFC South. I got the Falcons as average. I got the Buccaneers, Saints, and Panthers as stinking. The Panthers stench uh, with game last week. Out in Seattle, I have the Seahawks moving up to average now. I think the Seahawks might be better. And Geno Smith, you got to hand it to the guy. He played a great game. Um, and the 49ers bumped up to average. And I got the Rams and Cardinals as stink. I did not see that coming. So that's it. Now, we got to get to... Uh, otherwise known as, for the rest of the year, Mike Shecky Lawler. That's his name. His nickname is Shecky. Even though no one calls him that anymore except for me and Artie. Um, his beloved Miami Dolphins. Now, I had him on the stinks list. Everybody complained. He said to me, I will be pissed and not join your Patreon if you don't upgrade them. And I have upgraded them here from the Omni in Atlanta. The Miami Dolphins are now at five and three, and they are average. I put them at average. Cannot put them a good yet. So that's it, Shecky. There is your Dolphins getting the average. And now you promised. I want to see Patreon. I'm sure his. Otherwise. I'm sure the tier that he joins is going to reflect your rank. So you it might that, just be average. It's just. It's just. Uh, well, let's see. See, I, I, I'm not. I, I look at it. I do my research. We go from there. So he said they should be upgraded. I looked. I agreed. And now you got to join Patreon. All right. I did a comedy show, Christopher, Friday, at the Portobello's in Oakland for Unico of Ramsey. It's that Italian American organization, uh, and it went very well. I headlined. It was. Um, Bobby Gonzo, uh, Joseph Anthony, and myself. I was the headliner. Uh, it was another sold-out event. It was cool. Um, and I got to give it to my buddy Bobby Gonzo, the host. He hosted me in Avenel as well as a bunch of other shows. He's hired me. He is retiring from stand-up comedy. Chris, he's been doing stand-up since 1971. That's a long time. Yeah. And so his last show is hosting a Jimmy Palumbo sold-out show. And I want to thank Bobby Gonzo. I'm going to get him on the show. You you have no idea. He, he's a great guy. Uh, and he also, like, kind of trained Martin Lawrence. He worked with uh, Rodney Dangerfield, not just was on stage with him, working on his act. He built a lot of local guys up, like Mike Marino uh, was critical in how he looks at stand-up. He took me under his wing in the last couple of years. I've been doing more stand-up because of it. And uh, he promised he would keep a keep an eye on me and look at going to be looking over my set and whatnot going forward. Be retired. I brought him up on stage after I did my set, and I wanted to thank him. But he's a good guy. He's a kind man, God fearing man, and you don't get that in. Um, I have very uh, lately. I've been some of these comics uh, that I've been hanging out with. Um, some of them are just a pain in the ass. Um, they don't get it. And backstage should be fun and relaxed. You should be nervous maybe about doing your show but you can't be a jerk off. And he is not one of those. So a big shout out to Bobby Gonzo retiring from standup. He was used to be a big headliner back in the day. Um, other news. 
it looks like uh, Avenel Performing Arts Center is bringing back the liaison veteran on aging, Jimmy Palumbo. The dates have not been set, but it looks like it's going to be in March. It's going to be a big one. I'm going to promote the shit out of that one. Um, it's going to be like a Colonia high school reunion, and they're going to make everybody go to the bar and restaurant. We're going to hopefully we'll pack the place. That'd be a lot of fun. I want to see some old friends. Um, probably doing the same material, maybe a little different here and there. Maybe you can get a night, Chris, and maybe come see. Maybe you'll do Joe stuff, but who knows? Um, also, uh, I'm in rehearsal right now, Chris. Did you know this? I did. I I, I heard whispers of Jimmy. In wearing nutcracker now, tights, and I was confused. Yes, I said, wait, now, is it because they're really tight and they're going to crack his, or is no, it because no. Chris, you know, I am I am the liaison to Chop Sports, the aging veteran, uh, you know, the 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 longtime backup quarterback who can win a game for you. Uh, as soon as it gets past that second or third quarter, I run out of gas, but I can still win a game for you with eight oh five left down by a deuce. Um, the uh, Oh, look at that. Mike Lawler just chimed in. No Patreon until Dolphins upgraded to good. Well, okay. Um, I'm looking at the chats here. Uh, I don't agree with that, Shecky. That wasn't quite our agreement. However, okay, I think we should go the other way. Two ways. If they go to good, okay, you got to do Patreon. But if they go to stink, you got to do Patreon. And I'll be honest. As a matter of fact, I'm going to let Chris, me and him will, before the show, we will discuss the Miami Dolphins, whether or not they should go to good or stink. So if you think the Dolphins are so good, then they, they shouldn't go backwards the rest of the year. And if they do, you you got to go to Patreon. I wonder who this they play is, this week. I don't, it doesn't matter. doesn't even matter. It does. It's, it's does. NFL, man. It's, yeah, it's the NFL, man. Come on now. Um, Anyway, Shecky, I love you. And thanks for coming to the comedy show. Um, or Mike, I got to keep up. I don't know him as Mike, but he's, he's Mike. Mike Lawler. Great guy. If you ever need power washing or anything like that, give me a call. He does. I'll get, in t- I'll get you in touch with him. Um, so, Nutcracker. Dolph- now, you know Dolphins I'm talented, are, Chris. Dolphins play the Bears. They better win. And that's a winnable game. So, they, they, you listen. I have it either way. I'm I'm a, I'm a lock for getting his money. I'm a lock, right? Because what are the odds they stay just average the rest of the year? Could happen though. NFL because most teams are average. Um, Nutcracker, you know I'm talented, Chris. Right? I have many skills in life. I am rehearsing the Nutcracker, which will be November nineteenth and twentieth at the. Uh, Ramapo Hills, or whatever the hell it's called, in Oakland, New Jersey, their high school there. Three shows. One on Saturday night. Two on Sunday. I'm performing with Natalie Joan Palumbo, my daughter, who plays Sabrina. And I am playing one of the dads in the background. And I actually have a little more to do. I have to carry a child across stage. I went to rehearsal yesterday. Chris, five-hour rehearsal in a room with 60 kids aging age from like 7 to 18 and i would imagine it you're was like have a couple stinky. more of these rehearsals you're going to do one every one every sunday i'll be missing giant games because of this that's my love of my daughter that's how dedicated i am to the theater i'm missing giant games first thing i said to a guy i go dude this is harder last year the giants suck no one cared about the game now he's a jet fan i'm good. now giants and jets look like they're better this is going to we got to have our phones out but it was a, a sticky, hot room. The girls are jumping all over the place. They're sweating like pigs. The room has no no ventilation. I'm like, this is like, I was like, I'm sweating my ass off. And um, But I had to learn the moves. I got a little dance thing there. And I have to carry a child across stage at the end of the party scene, those of you scoring at home. Um, but my daughter does a pretty good job. And uh, it was cool because I was getting, the cute thing is the lady who runs it, she yells at everybody, right? But she yells like a director does. I, I, I'm used to that. It's like a head coach. Head coach will yell at you. But my daughter like doesn't like when she yells at me. Like she thinks like she almost wants to yell at don't yell at my daddy. But she's not really yelling at me. She's just telling me, Jimmy, you gotta step back, step back, move. You know, she's she's setting the play up. <laughs> and then a couple of times she yelled at Natalie, and I was yelling at my daughter. I yelled I heard even worse. I was like, Nat, what are you doing? You gotta, you know. So, uh, but Nancy King's great. It's a, uh, it's hard. It's like fifty kids, fifty kids in a room, man. 
they're all bouncing off the walls. It's Sunday afternoon. They're shot. Um, and, you know, the little girls don't know what they're doing yet, the ones who are six and seven years old. Uh, but I'm having fun doing it. Uh, my uh, my stage wife, uh, Amy's great. Um, you know, she wouldn't do without without me. And we, you know, we have laughs when we got to do all the as we're getting yelled at. Um, kind of cool to be yelled at by your daughter's um, act, uh, dance uh, owner of. You know what I mean? It's like it's like it's like getting yelled by Bill Parcells, and you're not really on the team. It's like a, like I feel like a hot dog vendor, and Parcells is yelling up at the audience. Um, but it's cool. It's going to be a great show. It's actually a great production. And I'm not just saying that. I used to go to it before I was in it. I'm like, you know what? They do a nice job here. Sound like my father. They do a good job here. No, no bullshit. Um, so um, I also want to discuss with you in detail um, Halloween. Uh, okay. I, 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 I hate Halloween. And, and, and yesterday was Halloween. And I feel like it was like, I thought Halloween was a month ago because they start selling Halloween stuff in July and there's like a million different parties or events and and I can't stand it. I hate getting dressed up for Halloween. And uh, it, the, the kids, not as many kids go around like they used to running around, you know, in the old days. Now I guess the candy's available, Walgreens year round. It's just no... It's like a different holiday, but it's so popular. It's like a billion dollar business and adults are really into it now. And I fucking hate it. Are you a fan of Halloween? Jimmy, you know better than to think that me of all people am a fan of Halloween. Come on, all the pageantry. I'm all for it for the kids. And like, it's well, it's cool. But if it's Halloween and you go do the trunk or treat, you go see the, the nieces and nephews at the parade and the kids are all cute. But it's, when it comes to listen, when it comes to an adult, listen, I, when it I comes gotta, to an adult function, and I'm expected to go show up looking like something. Last year, I had to dress up as Disco Ken, and if I didn't, I would have been murdered by my girlfriend. So this year, I ended up having to work, so I got to escape all of the. It was literally the best shift that I've ever worked in my entire life. Was we'll call it mischief night, and I didn't have to go to the Halloween party. Right. So, I well, listen, I um. The kid thing, uh, let's get something straight. Someday, Chris, if you have kids, I know you got uh, nephews and nieces and all that. There's nothing better than when your little your little munchkin and she puts on her first or he puts his first I, I, You on. see how I got Jimmy and, to do the 180 and, and, on Halloween right there? Just well, well the no, no, on that end of it, on that end of it. And you walk around and sometimes the girl gets, my, my daughter used to be nervous to knock on the door. She would always like stand back and then I'd have to hold her and knock on the door. That stuff is good. And Dave Sturcio, a co-owner of Chop Sports, his kids were adorable. I think Natalie wore that same kind of costume, little uh, princess there, um, Snow White, whatever it was, and his little little Miles, my little Jet fan, all dressed up. It was so cute. That end of it's great. That's an hour, though, on, on Halloween Day. I have no problem with that. But these adults running around, I just, I, I, it became this bigger than life thing. It's like, it's like party, you know, how Hallmark invented some holidays they say over the years. I feel like party fair invented this one and all the empty well, it's buildings, just like the, they had to come the, up with a reason. Capitalism so and all that. And, and the way things work, it's, it's like a, an economy stimulus. It's I an economy stimulus. It. Every couple, every month we have one, you know, you, we could actually talk about this. If and you'd like, you know what happens to me? Because that's where. And does this happen? Does this happen to you, where you do get some kind of costume, right? No. And then you you put it away somewhere, and then the year, even if it's like something like on a t-shirt, and all of a sudden the year goes by, you're like, I think I didn't I buy something a stupid shirt to wear when you don't want to. You bartending, you want to throw something on. I I know I have like four Halloween shirts somewhere. In, yeah, I mean, in I probably premise. do. I just have. And no I don't know where clue, they are. And and I would just as well buy a new one. Rather than look for it, so I'll probably have a fifth by next that's, year. That's exactly. What I ended up just. I wore nothing. Yeah, I, I, mean, I didn't do it I this was year. Working last night. I had no no time. Um, yeah, it's just. Uh, it's just. Uh, anyway, I I, I it, how, I'm, I'm glad it's like uh, on to you know. I feel like Thanksgiving got screwed a little bit over because Halloween's big. Uh, anyway, uh, if I was if I was Mister Thanksgiving Day guy, I would be uh, you know what's going to be the next big holiday like Flag Day or something. We're all going to be dressed up in flags. Anyway, um, of course, this next segment is sponsored by Pine Tar Bar and Grill, one twenty one South Main Street, Forked River, New Jersey, six zero nine four eight nine four two eight six. 
You got to check out this place one of these days, Chris. I'll get you down there. They got TVs all over the place. Big NFL bar, big college football bar, big Rutgers in Penn State. They got a lot of fans watching. They got bands playing. They got the karaoke, the beer pong, indoor, outdoor. They got darts. My friend Tommy owns it. Uh, really cool place to go. Trust me on that. My dad's pictures are hanging on the wall. Big poster of Beer League getting involved, which I'm going to talk about some of that in a second. So PintarBarGrill.com, Fork and River. Go check it out. That's really cool. So I want to discuss uh, what happened on Thursday, Christopher. I went to Bookends in Ridgewood, New Jersey, a really cool bookstore known for its book signings, really. And they have it's probably the most exp- extensive biography uh, section of any uh, smaller uh, bookstore like around. And they have every major book signer goes through that place. They set it up really nice. But your friend and mine, Ralph Macchio was signing his new book. Um, and uh, it was awesome. I, I got in touch with him. I said, listen, I'm 10 minutes away. I went down there with my buddy, Dave DeLisi. And I, um, uh, we kind of had to wait. And we, the guy walk in and the guy's I'm like, yeah, I'm going to buy one. I said, but is Ralph here? I had a beer league poster I wanted him to sign. And some guy's like, no, he's not signing anything. I said, I, listen, I'm a friend of his. And the guy was like, sir, you got to get online. I was like, listen. I've been texting him. I held, held up my phone. I said, and there was a curtain so Ralph could hear me. I didn't know he was behind the curtain. And he goes, well, let me, let me go find out. He disappears. Then he says, all right, you can go behind the curtain. And then the guy at the counter, another guy at the counter goes, dude, you're the guy in beer league. I was like, yes. In this classy event, beer league was in the house. I go back there and it was awesome because Ralph was finding out just as we walked in, he's like Palumbo. He gives me a hug. And my buddy Dave was thrilled to meet him. There was all kinds of his reps were there. And he got the phone call from the New York Times saying that he's made the top 10 New York Times bestseller list. And he was on the phone for that. That was cool. And then we chatted, talked about Artie a little bit. He signed my posters. Um, and uh, he said, oh, I don't even have, he said something, I don't even have one of these. And uh, he signed it. And um, then we started talking. And I did mention to him, I said, Ralph, there's rumors. There's just rumors that there's something brewing with beer league. And he goes, Oh, here we go. He goes, all right, keep me posted. Keep me posted. He didn't say yes. He didn't say no. And, but he also said, and I'm going public with this, Mr. Macho. He said, Hey man, I will do your podcast because I told holidays, maybe when it, right. You know, there's a little low after Christmas sales. And I told him you're on their list. I'm like, is it between me and Joe Rogan? I'm going to lose. You know what I mean? But he said he would do it, which would be fun. I actually can't wait to talk to him about beer league um, and all that stuff. Um, so I, hopefully he'll do my show within the next month or two, which would be cool. I got to take a picture of him. I posted online, got a lot of response. He's just a nice guy, man. He's just not an asshole. You know what I mean? He's so successful over the years. I mean, he's the karate kid. It's an iconic movie, iconic series. Now Cobra Kai is are really one of the top streaming shows out there that adults and kids like. How many how many streaming shows does a 50-year-old and, and a 13-year-old uh, like? That's rare. It, it works. It's a fun, silly, easygoing show with some moral stuff. It's kind of like, to me, it, it's it's just a fun show. It's you know not hurting anybody. No Game of Thrones. You know what it is? Like somebody, and we've talked about this. I always say like these intense shows that are on the air, you know, even like this Jeffrey Dahmer thing, you're watching it. You're like, well, why am I watching this? I, 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 I shut it off. I just went to the last episode, find out where they were. And this show, Cobra Kai, is just like, it's light. It's light. You know, nobody's, nobody's getting hurt here. You know what I mean? And, um, and he's just a nice guy. He always takes my calls when I call him. Always very polite. And uh, I wish him the best. Um, he's just a good guy, man. So big shout out to Ralph Macchio. Uh, so let's discuss two shows on Netflix I'm watching, Chris. Are you, by the way, are you a fan of Cobra Kai? Have you watched it at all? Yeah, I'm, I'm not all the way up, but I've watched the first two, two and a half seasons. Are right. they on season four right like, now? Uh, it might be five now. So I got to get um, caught up. But yeah, it's a kind it, of show. show. Like, like, it walks the like line. You, you little, watch it, it with your girl, there's like no harm. It's watching it with my girl, no harm. But it's the reason why I like it. And it's like a show that kids could watch and adults could watch, but I like feel uncomfortable watching it with my niece in certain points, which to me is a good thing right. because that makes it, it's, it's like, right, I don't right. care that she's watching it, but I'm not trying to sit with her. And that makes it they, watchable they, on both fronts. I like the show. It's good. It's like they, they have, for, in a good me, way. 
to me, they did something that I think is very interesting with Cobra Kai. They, they don't, for a 13 year old, you know, they don't show the, any kind of physical like kissing and making out and all that, but they have very salty language. And the reason why I think that works is dude, that's how the kids oh, talk in middle no, school. It's way worse, like, actually. Like, and, and you know what's great about it? I think, like, I think there's certain curses or phrases that are very risque that my daughter may or may not know everything about it when you say it. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, a year ago, maybe when she first started watching. Um, so I don't mind, rather than show, like, you know, two high school kids, you know, banging away, instead of doing that, they'll show an embrace, a half a kiss. But they'll, they'll they'll have some salty language in there, and that's what got me embarrassed a few times in front of my daughter. But I'm like, kids yell that stuff. You remember middle school? Kids yell that shit out in the hallway. So I think that's a good approach. It's a great show. It's popular. Good for Ralph. He's got two. You know, uh, and, and I, I'm uh, almost done with the book. Um, the book's called Waxing Waxing On. Um, the book really discusses the whole relationship between the movie and Cobra Kai. It's really cool stuff. I highly recommend getting the book. Um, but let's discuss. I caught this show, The Playlist. Did you see this one on Netflix? No. You see it advertised it's called The Playlist. It's it's a it's it's subtitled for oh, the most no. part. Um, no, you gotta check this I have out. Such though. a hard time. It's about it. Spotify, dude. You gotta check this one out though. It's so up our like. It's about like the, the sh- streaming of music. How the music industry flipped with the streaming, and. It's it, it's from six point of views. The inventor of Spotify, uh, the, the guy who wrote the check, the the the, the legal end with all the music bullshit, um, and uh, what what was the name of that streaming service that was illegal? Ham- hamster. What was that called? Uh, hamster. Hamster yeah. and uh, and Napster. Napster. Na- Napster it was Napster. Was You're right. Uh, they cover they cover all that stuff. Um, and it's from a different point of view. I found it fascinating how like the music business. The, the, the movie business didn't get flipped because they, the the hardware wasn't strong enough to download movies. It would take three hours, but songs would take seconds. And then someone realized streaming takes seconds. Uh, it's very, very interesting. I recommend it. It's like a little bit of a history lesson. It's well acted. It's well done. It's shot very creatively. There's different things that they do. I think it's cool. It's definitely worth, if you're into music, into current events like that, it's well worth it. The other one, I was blown away by it. And it's on a personal note. Um, my grandfather uh, fought in World War One. I've mentioned that a few times on the show, and he deserved to get this medal. Um, and uh, there's a, a new show on Netflix called All Quiet on the Western Front. It's a movie, and uh, there's some su- some subtitles, but it's also in English. And it's you know it's based on the book, and it's um, shows the war from uh, from the Germans side of you, from you know the the main soldiers are German and dude, man, world war one. I, 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 from my grandfather's diary, how brutal it was. And I've read four or five books on world war one. The world war one was a brutal war, man. You know, the Americans were only there for a year and a half. It went on for four years. Um, 33 million people died in that war. Uh, French and Germans, a whole, a whole, uh, generation was wiped out it was a brutal war and the four years they they got in this you know, you've heard the phrase trench warfare the whole four years they only moved 100 yards they dug in the trenches and nobody moved but they would run out of the trench get killed run back the other side would come up get killed bombings air raids early planes you know the the, the double wing plane uh dropping bombs all over it was a bloody war the medical uh, field was not uh, was was gruesome. I mean, if you got shot, they just really threw gauze on it, and they used uh, that like uh, morphine ether kind. Of, I mean, it was just uh, a brutal war. So many casualties, and you know, Saving Private Ryan, that opening scene, how brutal that is. This is really uh, shows you from um, how there's a lot of blood and. Violence in the beginning, but you're like, oh my god, these young kids! And they all went in with piss and vinegar, singing songs. They thought they were gonna go kick ass. There was no information. Nobody, nobody let them know, you know. And it wasn't like, uh, you know, they thought like, oh, we're gonna go there and kick the French's ass, and the French soldiers, we're gonna go there and kick it. And they get there, and it was like, 
they were thrown right into battle, poorly trained. It's like hardened, um, battle hardened uh, troops that dude, they're going up against, too. Like anything you're dealing with in your life right now, you feel like such a pussy when you watch this. Like, oh, look, look at Chris. He's starting a, you know, a podcast company, you know, Mojo and all that stuff. And then you watch this, you're like, yeah, the Packers are all in four. Packers yeah. are all in four in October. Rutgers stinks, and I watch. And I'm watching all quiet on the Western Front. I'm like, whoa! But it's very intense, and also they cover the political at the end. Uh, and I had read a little bit about this, a little politic move at the end, with uh, with minutes to spare before the armistice. They fought, and like thousands of guys died. All they had to do was like it, it was like all they had to do was kneel on it, and nobody was going to die after that. And the German guy just decided to launch a little thing to bust balls. And uh, so many kids died. Oh, my God. But it's a really, uh, really fascinating look at the war. Highly recommended. Not for the squeamish uh, and not for something to watch late at night on a Sunday and you have to go to bed. It sticks with you. Um, it really, uh, really does. But it's really fascinating. And all the areas that they fought in, my grandfather fought in as well for the Americans. So all the campaigns, all the different cities they moved through. They put it up on the screen. I'm like, oh, my God, that's where he was. Even some of the dates matched up, which was cool. So um, very, very cool. Shout out to my grandfather, Grandpa Giuseppe Joe Palumbo, who should have got the Distinguished Service Cross. And I haven't worked on it in a while, but I have to go down to um, a museum down in Pennsylvania in Harrisburg. that might have some information to help my grandfather get this, uh, get this medal, which will be cool. The last thing. Before we get off, I can't believe the show went long, and I'm going to have you talk about this. This tunnel bullshit with Michigan and Michigan State. Chris, college football is big money now. Billions of dollars. It's a TV show. It, it, NFL, college football, it's all TV shows now. That's all it is. Billions of dollars for the TV show people want to watch. Fantasy football, you name it. And I'm sorry. Like, you can't have the kids go in the tunnel. Like, all the stupid rules they have. To me, it's like, okay, before the game, it's like they they know what band's going to go on. They know this, that. You know what they got to do? Guys, Michigan's going to go through the tunnel first. Add another two minutes to the halftime and let Michigan go all the way through. And then a referee is there and the referee says, okay, next team goes in. It's ridiculous to have these kids jammed in a five-by-five five area. And look what happened. Kids acted like jerks. Uh, the Michigan State players really seem wrong really beat the hell out of the kid um and it happened two weeks in a row and, and franklin from penn state was kind of involved in it um to me this is a, don't you think it's an easy solve have some kind of there's got to be some kind of uh rule when you can go in your next tunnel. Thing you build Stoop. the stadium don't have one tunnel or just have them go in yeah, separately well, but after the game it's tough after the game because you could have them come out separate separately before the game because you can kind of plan it out home team away team but when the game is over it's like all right everyone get off you know, we got to do our, other you know what, you know what I say? I say, if they have, if you got to sit out a game for targeting and some of the targeting hits are stupid or helmet to helmet to helmet and all that stuff. Um, you should, you know what it should be? If you act like a jerk off in the tunnel, oh, you're well, not in well, the these, those four guys are suspended. John Harbaugh <laughs> or Jim Harbaugh wants, no, to, it doesn't matter. Wants to be brought it, up it should on be charges. an NCAA thing. Yeah. They're, they're suspended. They're I mean, Michigan state stepped in. I know, but that, that came, this should be, this should be like, I agree. Like, uh, they're they're going to get the whatever punishment they get. They deserve ridiculous. I wouldn't say you they know, should um, be going to jail over it, but you know, no, no, no. I don't know about that. That's a, that's a legal thing. I don't also, really I don't know the that. story either. Like the guy on Michigan, he may have, made a wrong turn on purpose and had been asking for it. We don't know. There's no audio there. He sure. might have he might have been like, watch this. I'm going to go into their locker it. room. And they said, yo, <laughs> no, no, no. And that's to me. Yeah, we don't know. To me, I'm going to reserve my judgment on the players that were involved because I don't know the full story. But nonetheless, I, it can't well, happen. If you, if you notice, I didn't blame any. I'm just saying the whole of thing course. is it's such an easy solve. If, if like if you want to you want to get rid of hitting hitting in the head, it's a major penalty when you do it. And I, they probably reduced those big hits because of that. You want to avoid this tunnel bullshit? Have have protocols. You got to wait two minutes till everybody's in. And if you make a mistake, you're out the next week. The NCAA rules it, not the coach. Yeah, and they're going to start um, finding the university for the actions of their players. And that's when you'll really... Yeah, finding them, they did, they'll just get like a... a, a, a I get they'll it. They'll just get a donor get to write the check. It's got to be your player sits. Anyway, it went long. I thought it was going to be short. We didn't have a guest. Uh, my guest will probably come next week. Um, 
and I appreciate you coming on. Chris, who do the Packers play next week? The Lions. Oh, Chris. Yeah, Chris. I know it can't, can't go down like that. Lions. But I will say this. The Dolphins just <laughs> traded for first uh, traded a first-round pick for a Pro Bowl defensive end, Bradley Chubb from Denver. So the Dolphins just went from average to very good without playing a game. That's the way I'm looking uh, well, at it. Well, we'll see. Just, we'll he's see. He's a well, really maybe, good player. And- Listen, if Dolphins go to uh, – if they become – if the Dolphins become average or good or all this stuff, uh, then I get my Patreon from Shecky Lawler. Michael. All right, that's it. That's my show. We'll see you next week with a very special guest here from the Army. Um.